This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg, I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one nutritional insurance for your body that has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And of course, our friends at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet. Greg, let's start. Patriots have completed now nine days of camp with eight practices and everybody, and I mean everybody under the sun that is following this team, that is writing about this team, talking about this team, is talking about the offense. Just big picture, what have you seen from the offense, and is it as big of a concern for you as it is for others? Okay, so uh, just to recap, so last week, first four practices was almost all red zone stuff. And and definitely uh, the defense was winning more and more each day. I wasn't concerned because it was just red zone and there's only so many routes that you can run before the defense figures things out. It's a compressed part of the field, you know, that the defense was winning by the end of the week was not a surprise. Uh, And you really weren't having the run game involved at all. It was just red zone passing. Uh, So they didn't have to worry about play action really, or any of that stuff. And then we come to this week and uh, first day, Monday, they have padded practices Monday and Tuesday. And you could tell that they were definitely running the outside zone running scheme that we've seen from Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, you know, all those guys right. that are affiliated with that. And um, it did not go well at all. I mean, they just, <laughs> you know, and I know people, it's been blown up on Boston radio, but I said, it, you know, it was an abject failure. And it was, I mean, I'm not, I'm here to tell you what happens each day. And I will tell you if there's progress and I will tell you if it was good or bad. And the first day, it was a disaster. Every play was, whether it was a running play or a pass play off of a running play, it was a disaster in terms of how it was being blocked. Like, there was no room for anybody to run. There were people running through. Like, it was just a disaster. Were you going to say something, Nick? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it must have been uh, some feedback. Sorry. Um, so it was, you know, but I was like, okay, it was bad of the first day, whatever. They're putting in something new. It happens. Let's see what it looks like the second day. A little bit better, maybe uh, like 2% better. And then all of a sudden, instead of going to pads for three days in a row, Belichick dials back. They go into shells and shorts. And he even acknowledged that they had to almost take a step back and do corrections and, and let's work on this stuff, which, you know, happens from time to time. And then that brings us to today, which they were back in full pads because they're in the stadium Friday night, which is a very, you know, special teams heavy, just getting ready for the preseason type of thing off on Saturday. We don't know what they're going to do on Sunday yet. Right now is to be determined. So you knew today was going to be a heavy day. It was very hot, very sunny here in New England. And um, again, the same sort of problems. I mean, it's just it's just completely disjointed what they're trying to do on offense. Um, I will say that the inside zone gap runs that you do see and, and largely the passing game, like, you know, it's been OK, um, but you could just tell that, you know, whenever they're trying to run outside, they're running these stretch runs where, you know, the basically the idea is 
you're trying to get the defensive line, the defense to run sideline to sideline, and then you're looking for a crease where the offensive lineman angles off a blocker and the running back sees it and he cuts back. Think think Terrell Davis and the Broncos in their heyday, that kind of running scheme. That's what the Patriots are trying to do here, and it just hasn't worked, Nick. It hasn't worked at all. I mean, it's gotten a little bit better, but, man, at this pace – I don't think it's going to be like ready for prime time to win games until you're talking the midpoint of the season. Wow. I was going to ask you, you know, when we look at the progression of a training camp and and when it's time to get truly concerned about what you've seen so far and you're telling us things are so disjointed, it could take until the middle of the season until these guys get their asses together. Uh, What's the problem overall? I mean, I'm, I'm reading a lot. Greg, about the interior offensive line. I'm reading a lot about Cole Strange. Is that the biggest issue that stands out to you right now? Well, a couple of different things. I mean, David Andrews has been slowly um, sort of vamping up his participation. Like today, he was a little bit more involved. So that's that's obviously going to affect things when you're going from David Andrews to James Ferentz and undrafted Cody Rusi at center. Because the, the most crucial position on the field in a zone blocking scheme is the center they they are the ones that read the play they get to the second level peel off the linebacker that sort of thing and so not having Andrews out there hasn't been great then you get into okay they they seem to be set and we'll we'll talk about whether this will continue or not but they seem to be set on at least trying this and okay I can understand from X's and O's standpoint implementing it there there are certain reasons why you would do it and you could see the logic in it but you also have to ask yourself do we have the personnel to run it trent brown is a mammoth left tackle you know six foot eight you know 375 pounds when you're talking about and then you have michael wenu at right guard who is a big strong not exactly the most agile guy in the world cole strange is that of central casting for the zone scheme and then Isaiah Wynn, yeah, pretty good fit in terms of, you know, smaller guy athletic. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for very highly athletic, smaller offensive linemen. The Broncos had those for years, little runt offensive linemen. It would, you know, cut and get out and, and get into space and really create um, seams. You have to question whether the Patriots even have the personnel. And then, and then the other thing, you know, you ask, like, what's the issue? The issue is they're not blocking it correctly whether it's the run game or the pass i mean nick there are guys every run is like there's there's three guys in damian harris's face like every time he runs the ball i mean it's it, it really is a train wreck and man what's the problem I, they're not blocking well, that would be yeah they're not the blocking offense. yeah, yeah. Yes. um and here's the other thing so the there's the personnel and then if you run the zone blocking scheme and i've sat in offensive line meetings with offensive line coaches and studied the zone blocking scheme and see how it works. And when you watch it, it is a highly precise, highly rhythmic offense where every guy, every single subtle footwork, handwork, everything has to be on point for it to work. And if it's not, it can be a disaster. And so you, you put together the person, they don't have the right personnel right now. I don't know whether they have the, you know, in terms of the the CBA and the practice time and what you can do. I don't know whether they have enough time to put it in, to coach it up properly. And then you have to get into, 
do they have the right coaches to implement the scheme? Because normally you need guys who have been in the scheme forever, whether it's the offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator. You know, Mike McDaniel right now is in Miami putting in this scheme, Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Yeah, he was in it for 10 years. He was Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man. He knows exactly how you have to do it step-by-step. Whether He was with him in Atlanta when they put it in. He was with him in San Francisco when they put it in. There's nobody like that on the Patriots staff. So you you put all those three things together and you just it makes you wonder whether this is going to work or not. Same thing with McVay in L.A., right? McVay was in that system. He understands. Mm-hmm. He knows what it takes to run the system. You know, when you talk about this offensive line and, and you talk about the problems and that they don't have the talent up front to run this kind of scheme. To me, I, I immediately go to Cole Strange. So. He is a guy, as you mentioned, he, he is a great fit because he's so athletic. He can get out there, get to the second level, all those good things. And he's a perfect fit. But here's my question. Like, if, if part of the reason why they drafted Strange in the first round was because they felt like this was the scheme they were going to go with and that he was a perfect fit for the scheme, well, what happens if you can't run that scheme and you have to go back to what you did before you thought you were going to run this Shanahan run game? And, and now you might be dealing with your first round pick being a guy who might not fit what you have to revert back to. So that's a concern for me. Like if they were looking at Cole Strange and said, hey, we're going Shanahan system. This dude is perfect interior offensive line for that run scheme. This is going to work out beautifully. And then the rest of the dudes couldn't get you know, together and figure it out. And then you got to go back to what you did. Well, is Cole strange as good of a fit in that system and, and what you have to go back to. And if he's not, would you have drafted him in the first place in the first round? It's, it's a very legitimate question, Nick. And I, and look, I will say that I've been watching Cole strange for, you know, eight practices now. Um, you know, he's about what I thought he would be and you know you know highly athletic which we haven't even had a chance to see right now because all he's worried about right now is making sure he blocks the right guy because he's having enough issues with that with the scheme but you know highly athletic he's had his moments in one-on-ones but you watch him against the more powerful guys like you know today I had him 0-2 in one-on-one pass rush and he lost to Christian Barmore which is no Big thing. I mean, Christian Barmore destroys just about everybody at this point in his second season. And then, you know, Lawrence Guy, who isn't exactly a pass rusher, but a powerful guy. And, you know, the concerns that I had about Cole Strange, if they do go back to what they do, you know, in terms of, you know, gap scheme and, 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 you know, power and things like that, you know, can he hold up and hold the point of attack you know, against the bigger guys, if he's just in there slugging it out one-on-one or, you know, in his gap, it's a legitimate question. You know, if my personal feeling, Nick, is if, if they end up doing that, you're going to look at Cole strange and say, this is a year too soon for him that like he needed like almost like a red shirt year to get stronger. You know, we talked about the badunkadunk last time, you know, a little bit, a little bit bigger in the britches to really anchor against those guys. But I mean, I, it's my opinion on him hasn't changed. I still think he's very talented, could be an all world center, you know, when, you know, Andrews is done. Uh, but for him to anchor down after down against some of these bigger guys in the NFL, I think it's going to be a rough go for him as a rookie, at least to start. 
And I'll tell you, if you draft a guard, we talked about this around draft time. If you draft a guard in the first round and, and this year was kind of funky, there were what three guards that were drafted in the first round this year, as high as 13 or 15, whatever it was. Um, if you draft an OG in the first round, I'm telling you right now, there's not a single coach on that football team that drafted that guy in the first round that drafted to redshirt him. Like if you're drafting a guard in the first round, that dude better be good to really good day one, right? Right out the jump. You're not drafting somebody at that position to redshirt him a season. So let's hope he figures it out. Uh, let's talk about what's worked offensively. Has anything worked offensively? Yeah, I think I think the 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 inside gap runs, inside zone type stuff, which they've always done. Uh, have been effective. Like, you know, we, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, you know, quick hitters up the middle, um, you know, th- those have worked. And I think the quick passing game has been okay. Um, but, you know, the thing that – and maybe we'll see it upcoming this week. Maybe this week was just, um, you know, let's work on the running game and sort of the passing game that's an offshoot of that. Because I still think, Nick, I still think – that when it comes to this offense, I think, yes, they want to change the running first and second down offense, you know, the zone runs and the pass plays that come off of that, you know, the Shanahan sort of staples. I I will say when they've gotten into the traditional Patriots pass game, you know, on third down long yardage, when they've done that, it doesn't look all that different. And you could tell that Mac Jones is more comfortable with that stuff. Um, So I think that I'm not panicking about the pass game, even though there's been any barely any big plays. I don't think they're there yet in terms of their uh, camp installation. I think that'll come this week. Um, but I think that I'm okay with the inside running game and the short, quick passing game right now. I feel okay where they are at this point. And of course, if you're going through this scheme change with your run game and it's not going great, then you're, you're going to fail to address things that you might have wanted to add to it as well. You know, we, we talk about the RPO stuff. We talk about misdirection in the backfield. What we see from offenses nowadays in the NFL, if, you know, if you're struggling mm-hmm. with the bait of switching over and that, you know, it's, it's holding you back for a little bit, that means you're not going to be able to build on what your foundation is going to be because you're still addressing your foundation and that puts your offense in a very difficult spot. Not to mention, you know, if Matt Patricia's calling the plays, you get a first time play caller, an offense trying to figure out its foundation in like week one or two. Uh, Can you add elements to that offense during the season with a guy who's never been an offensive coordinator or a play caller on the offensive side of things? All of these questions kind of roll into, you know, the next and the next and the next. How are players reacting? We know how you're reacting, how people following this team are reacting. How are players reacting? So I, you know, people in the spring, I talked to some people after some of the practices, people who are very well connected to the Patriots and the players, and they sounded the alarm bell, and we talked about that. Um, I checked back in with those people, and they said it's 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 even worse now, that there's a there's a lot of, there's a, I don't know how to term it. It's not panic, but yeah, there are players on this team who, who aren't thrilled. And I think, you know, you look at the comments that Mac Jones had the other day. I mean, when, you know, the first question out of the box was something about like, oh, you know, how do you, how, how do you think the installation of the scheme's going? And, and he basically unprompted, he comes out and he's like, 
Yeah, the the aim isn't to have me running around uh, all that much, but the offensive line is doing a great job. And and you know what? Ha- I mean, for Mac Jones to come out unprompted and basically basically just say, "Yeah, I have no I have no time to throw the ball." Like for him to come out and say that that for a guy who's been in Alabama and Nick Saban and now with the Patriots, where you don't say anything, it should set off alarm bell. I think Mac Jones is very frustrated. And I think that a guy like, you know, possibly like David Andrews is also frustrated, you know, where they look at it and they say to themselves, like, what the hell are we doing? And here's here's where my concern lies, Nick, is that, OK, so Belichick dialed things back to get on a better page. I will say that was unsuccessful today. Now they're going to have basically a couple days off coming up. Then they come back. They have a preseason game on Thursday. So they have Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday will be sort of like a, a walkthrough. Um, I think this is a big week for what's going on with this team in the, this offense because I think they need – I think the players need to, to see success. And that's the thing. You know, coaches all the time – players don't know what's good for them. They don't. And Bill Belichick knows better than anybody in the history of football – what his football team needs. There are reasons why he's doing this. And, but, and so the players don't, initially it's, it's sometimes things don't work out well, but Bill has something in mind. But at some point they need to start seeing light at the end of the tunnel, that this is going to work or else they, they, they risk losing the players and their faith. And I think you're seeing that a little bit with Mac Jones. Like today, last couple of days, he's been holding the ball a long time in the pocket. Like he's indecisive where that was not a concern last year with him. Even in training camp going up against Cam Newton, he was always, he knew where to go with the ball. He knew what to do. And I don't think it's coverage. I think that he's just, he doesn't trust what's going on around him. He doesn't trust what's being called. And I think there are some issues there and, and they need to start seeing some success or else they're going to need to start looking at do they start making some changes uh, sooner rather than later. Not great, not great. I will tell you what is great, though. Athletic Greens. Greg, uh, tell the people out there uh, how Athletic Greens has helped you over the past several weeks. I started taking AG1 because, you know, I needed to make a change. I needed to, I needed to, you know, get better with my vitamins and supplements and stuff like that. And, and I did a bunch of research, saw stuff on Twitter from four player. I used to cover, you know, he was, people were touting athletic greens. I was like, what the heck is this thing? So I looked it up and it's, it's legit. Uh, so what is this stuff? People want to know It's a, it's a green juice. Everybody knows these things. They taste like garbage most of the time. But with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced whole food ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you want. I mean, I love it, Nick, because it's lifestyle friendly. Everybody knows I've been watching what I eat. You know, this this works with keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten, gluten free, contains less than one gram of sugar, which I absolutely love because I've been eliminating that from my diet. Right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. 
tastes minty at the end. It doesn't taste like garbage. I'm telling you, it tastes good. I look forward to it every single morning. Uh, when that's the first thing that I eat, get it into my system, get those vitamins absorbed. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. It's this little droplet thing that you put in. I have it. I put it into my drink every day. It's awesome. Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard, B-E-D-A-R-D, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. AG1, baby. All right, so we talked about the offense. Not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, let's jump to the other side of the football defensively. Uh, what are we looking at? Who has stood out your feelings overall about this defense up to this point? Yeah. I mean, so far I feel pretty good about the defense. Um, I think that, um, and again, it has to do with the offense. We're not sure what to make of it because we're not sure what to make of the offense. I mean, if, yeah. if, if, you know, Devon Godchow and Christian Barmore are making plays every single play against this offense, does that mean that they're all world players? Uh, I tend to think not, but who knows, maybe. But I will say, you know, pretty much the cast of characters that we thought from the spring, Nick, um, that's been going on. I mean, you have, you know, for starters, they'll they'll have Judon out there. Dietrich Wise has been out, so Henry Anderson has been on the other side of Judon on early downs. You have Lawrence Guy and Devon Godshaw in the middle. Um, You have Juwan Bentley, Raekwon McMillan as the inside linebackers. Uh, you have your cast of characters as safeties. They're rot- rotating through them. At cornerback, looks pretty much like Jalen Mills, Terrence Mitchell, and Jonathan Jones. So pretty much what we thought as the starters, that's been the starters. And I think they've been I think they've been good. They haven't been tested a whole lot. I will say the defensive line's done an excellent job, uh, haven't given up much against the run. And I will say that I think, you know, we talked about it before where, you know, a lot of people were worried about the cornerbacks. I sort of like the pieces. I mean, whether it's Jalen Mills has played terrific. Mitchell, I still want to see more from him. Jonathan Jones, he had a great coverage today, one-on-one down the field. I forget who it was against, but was all over the guy. Uh, they have some backups there that, you know, whether it's Miles Bryant, um, Sean Wade's done okay. But then you get into the rookies. I think Mac, Jack Jones hasn't... Um, popped like he did in the spring but he's made plays Marcus Jones has looked good out there the safeties have all taken turns sort of making plays so uh, you know I feel good about the defense where they are right now disappointing to see Judon out today Anthony Jennings uh, off the scrap heap um, has had a great summer so far and he was out there in place of Judon Uche's had a good day today in terms of one-on-ones. He's been sort of hit and miss so far. But, you know, you look at it at every level, it seems like they have difference makers. And we just are going to have to see whether that applies to other teams as well. It's all interesting because, you know, heading into the training camp, I think we had some more questions about the defense and the offense. And the defense yep. looks pretty good. And the offense looks like it's uh, somewhat disjointed disoriented and shambles whichever description you would like to use personally uh the defense looks ahead of the offense which which i find to be uh, pretty fascinating all right let's go three up three down let's start with the three up overall at this point greg i would say my first up would have to be christian barmore he's been a complete wrecking ball inside now it's it has been interesting that um 
he hasn't cracked the starting lineup in terms of the run. He's decidedly second team defensive tackle out there with Carl Davis. He obviously comes on in sub packages and is very effective there, but uh, he's off to uh, a tremendous start in camp. I would say my number two up, um, I think, I think I would have to give Jalen Mills a lot of props. I think he's looked terrific in camp so far. To me, he's been the clear number one cornerback on this team. Uh, He had his moments last year. He looks to be, uh, you know, more consistent uh, at this point. And my third up, I had one in mind. Um, It's hard to give anybody on offense anything, even though they've all had moments. Jacoby Myers has certainly looked uh, consistent as usual. Devonte Parker has popped a little bit. Um, but I guess I would have to give it, I think I would have to give it to Devon Gotchow. I mean, he gets the, he gets the big contract doesn't rest on his laurels. I say, I think he has been better so far to start his second season. Yeah. Your, your guy Gotchow. Uh, you know, I was shocked by that contract uh, extension. Uh, I don't think he was great last year, but He's looked good so far. He might, you know, make me look like a complete idiot. And I would not be surprised by that. Uh, And then, you know, my guy, Jalen Mills, not the biggest Jalen Mills fan, but everybody is saying that he's doing a great job early on. So if they can get more out of Mills and Godchild than I expected, this defense is going to be more than I expected. Three down. Uh, I was debating like whether to do like guys that people know or, or not know, but I mean, I guess, Guys who, you know, I guess I've been disappointed in so far, um, you know, one would be Sean Wade, the cornerback, who when Jonathan Jones was out was given a big opportunity um, at slot cornerback. And since Jones and Miles Bryant came back, he's been slipping down the depth chart. And he, you know, he did have a nice play today, but he's he's been burned a lot more um, than he's made plays. Uh you know, I will. I would say that uh, in terms of the offensive line, guys who have disappointed me. Um, you know, Cody Rusi, undrafted free agent, who I sort of talked up in the off season. He's had a really tough time in one on ones. He's had three decisive losses in like the last two rounds. Um, so you know, you worry about the depth there. Even though I do think James Ferrance has been, uh, you know, a little bit better. Um, oh, by the way, I have to add another up because I can't forget this guy. Remember the name LeBrian Ray, this undrafted free agent from Alabama. Uh, he's six foot four, two ninety. He's basically your new Adam Butler. And I think he has a chance to be better than Adam Butler. Um, he's just, he, they can't block him. I don't know what it is about him. He doesn't look imposing. He is pretty quick. I will give him that. But if you're looking for a guy to sort of pair, you know, you can see Barmore and instead of like Dietrich Wise, you put LeBrian Ray out there. Like, I think this guy, he's been so good. I think he's even locked up a roster spot already as an undrafted free agent Uh, on the down list. I guess I would have to say not that he's done anything in my mind to to, you know, to sort of slip down. But it seems decidedly that Cam McGrone is like not in the plans like he's. He's way down the depth chart, you know, third line defense with like uh, with Harvey Lange. And so, you know, he certainly has not popped uh, given the opportunity. And, um, you know, my third down, um, 
you know, I'm going to stick with sort of the edge guys. I will say, and again, I just haven't seen much from him. I'm not saying he's terrible and they, you should write him off, but Ronnie Perkins just, you know, has, has not popped so far. He looks really small on the field. Um, Josh Uche is also having that problem a little bit, but he has popped at times. You know, Ronnie Perkins, to me, you know, it, 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 he's off to a tough start. And while we're here, I did another guy to keep an eye on. We mentioned him earlier. Anthony Jennings has had a tremendous start to camp, and I think we now know that he is sort of – he was always a tweener, but he seems like he's going to be an edge guy for this team. We're going to have to see. I mean, guys like Uche and Ronnie Perkins are now going to have to compete with Anthony Jennings, who has brought it every single day. He's been terrific. The camera grown stuff's interesting because it's like the anti-Patriots way of handling everything during the draft. They're all pumping his tires. They're all talking about him, yep. right? It's, uh, Steve out there talking about him. Bill's talking about him. Uh, of, of course, grow was talking about him. Uh, he was our draft pick this year at linebacker. And so really what the Patriots don't do talking guys up early on, especially that, that haven't proven anything at the NFL level. And it's like, they, they heightened the anticipation and expectation for McGrone. And now McGrone's not out there doing much. And it's like, ugh. Like a, it yep. feels like a big letdown. You were expecting something and, and it's just not there. Um, before we get to uh, a couple of questions that I have for you, Greg, let's talk about bet online. As we get ready for the football season, there's lots of bets to be made. My friend bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines, find reviews and news of every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even Golf. I will be on the links tomorrow. It should be very ugly. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. CLNS50 is that code. Don't forget it. Live by it. Use it. Uh, all right, three quick ones for you. Mac Wilson, yep. is he making a charge at that second linebacker spot? Or he is. So he is. He is. I like what I see out of Mac Wilson. You know, what I would say about him so far early in camp is there's a there's a play usually once a day that he makes that you're like, oh, okay, that was interesting. Like the first day of one-on-ones, all of a sudden he's rushing outside. He's rushing as a defensive end, wins his one rep. Then the next day he blows up, I think, J.J. Taylor in the hole and knocks him back. And then then he knocks over uh, Pierre Strong, uh, you know, the next day. He's always making – he's making his presence known. And, you know, just to give people an update, the rookie running backs, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris – um, not exactly setting the world on fire so far. Hmm. It may take him a little while. Yep. Uh, Ramondre, let's talk about running backs. R- Ramondre for a minute. A lot of people talk about how he's, he's looks a little bit kind of slimmed down. Not that he's lost a ton of weight, but more that he's kind of toned it a little bit more, if that makes sense. And, you know, I was reading, I think it was Mike Reese the other day talking about the, the possibility of him playing a bigger role in the passing game. Do you see it? Uh, so yeah, you know, Ramondre looks, you know, a little, little trimmer, you know, I, I thought he was a really, really good player last year. I expect the same level. It's been hard to see so far, you know, with the, with the running game, but I think he's done fine as far as, you know, Stevenson and Harris involved in the running game. I kind of want to wait a little bit. I mean, I will say if, if they were starting a game tomorrow, 
to me, it's the third down back, the pass back is clearly Ty Montgomery, who we've seen line up in the backfield. He's been the running back. He gets to receiver. He does a little bit of everything. Um, and so to me, in my mind, he's clearly the pass back right now. We'll see like a guy like J.J. Taylor with James White out has not grabbed the opportunity. Pierre Strong has not grabbed the opportunity. So to me, it, when it comes to the season or if they were going to play a game tomorrow, it would be Ty Montgomery would be the pass back for this team. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, uh, is he actually somebody who could who could play some on the back end if you have some injury issues or – uh, I, I know we got off to a really good start. Has he has he slowed down a little bit here lately? Uh, he slowed down a little bit, but I do think I think he's a good player. I think we've seen in 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 the last few practices, handful of practices, Devin McCourty's gotten more veteran rest, and when that happens, it's been Bledsoe who has stepped in. And of course, you know they have no shortage of of safeties. And Jabril Peppers is healthy, but he hasn't done very much in terms of you know, actual, he doesn't participate in team or anything like that. So we don't know how that's going to change the dynamic, but yeah, I think Bledsoe's look pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with him. I haven't, once we get to the games and I get a little bit more film and I'm watching from the press box, then I might get a better feel on, Hey, is this guy more of a strong safety or is he more of a free safety? You know, in my mind right now, Bledsoe is sort of a, a tweener. He can go both ways. Um, but I think that He's off to a strong start, and you know he's physically imposing. I'd like to see him hit once the game starts because I got a feeling he's going to hit very hard, and I think that's the kind of thing that they need on this defense. All right, let's get to the BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check him out, BSJ thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. Not only do you get top notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, you also get a lot of badad talking about the Patriots, coaches' film, video analysis, all that good stuff. Uh, this is from Gino Crow. Uh, Jones was essentially talking about Mac seven for 11 in the 11 on 11s. Isn't that okay? One report had him going 10 for 10 at one point with no distinction on what drill they were running. That's bad. Just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I put this in here to sort of address and, and I'm sure, you know, Gino's not the only one with this question that my numbers, uh, sort of differ than other reporters. And, um, usually I, put a disclaimer in there but I guess I I I need to put that back in so I don't count everything that everybody does I just right. I just don't like there was there was an extended 11 on 11 period early in today's practice where it was the first team defense against the third it was first team offense against the third team defense and that's that's fine I don't necessarily not count plays because of that but it was just sort of the pace that they were running and you know, and sort of the, the the plays, it seemed like to me more of it wasn't quite a jog through, but it wasn't definitely going all out. So I sort of set that period aside. I just didn't think it was all that competitive. And so I don't think those in my mind, those numbers don't count. And I don't want them to count when it comes to, you know, my evaluation. So I counted the last, uh, you know, I think it was three periods of team. And I had, uh, you know, I had Mac Jones six of 11 with uh, three drops, uh, three sacks, a dr- and a drop. So JJ Taylor dropped a ball, um, and I think actually that should have been four sacks. And he's saying, "Well, the drop should be a completion." Yeah, but <laughs> we're not talking about Air Coriel here. Like his completions are like checkdowns, quick passes. You know, he had a couple nice passes. He had a touchdown, touchdown to Trey, uh, Trey Nixon. You know. 
in the corner of the end zone, it was nice. It wasn't anything spectacular, but um, no, I, I, you know, I, I'm fine with the numbers that I keep. Yes, it's different. I don't count everything that everybody does. I think that, you know, I've learned enough over the years of 20 years covering the league where I know in my mind, and then people can toss it aside. You can be Bedard's a blowhard. Thinks he knows it all. He doesn't know Jack. You could say that. That's fine. I'm just telling, I'm giving you my opinion. And I think over the years and my track record, I think I've, I think I've earned a lot of people's trust in terms of what I tell you, I think is important. And, you know, I think Mac was fine today, but it wasn't a high degree of difficulty when it is. And when he does well, you bet your ass I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to be shouting it from the rooftops that Mac Jones was awesome. I'm sure go back and read last year. I said that at times. I know we had those discussions, but so far, no, don't, don't read too much into the numbers. Never, ever read too much into training camp numbers, especially if you don't know the reporter who's telling you in their track record and how they're judging things. I would have a lot less questions about Mac anyway. I think this Hell yeah. Is- you know, offensive line and, and play calling. And, and those are the questions that we're going to have to ask if this offense continues to look like the way it's looked through the first eight practices of camp. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Thanks to Athletic Greens. Thanks to betonline.ag. We'll be uh, back next week to talk to you. Till then, be good, be safe, and be healthy.